And uh, wow, here we are, uh, middle of the summer, right? We're kind of right there. And uh, uh, one of the things that happened last week was there was a youth camp, right, in Virginia. How many, how many went to the youth camp? Let me see your hand real high. Come on, higher. Yeah, some people are like, no, yeah, nice, nice GG. I saw you there. Anyway, so anyways, uh, how many just, you know, you can say if you went to camp, God did something in your life. Teenagers, let me see your hand. Anybody? Maybe you didn't walk on water this year, but God did something in your life. Amen, right? And uh, so we're excited. I'm just so thankful for Pastors Luke and Sister Liz Crandall and Blue Ridge Chapel that just, come on, can we give them a hand? And uh, just thank them so much. And if you're a parent and your kids went down to camp or you had somebody go down to camp, uh, you know, first of all, your week of break is over. Now you get back to work, right? Second of all, I want you to just throw a really big shout out and blessing to the church and to Pastor Luke and Sister. Can you do that? I mean, make comments and write them and, and make comments in the church and, uh, and on the site there and just, you know, make, and I don't know if some of you saw some of the messages, powerful messages, amazing times of worship, and uh, my brother was there, and once he got on the piano, he didn't get off, I heard, uh, so it was like rocking, you know, with Brother Mark there and, and everything, but it was great, so, uh, but we just want to um, just encourage all the teenagers and all the young people, if God did something amazing in in your life, we want you to keep the fire burning, amen, just keep that flame stoked, keep those sparks moving, you know, just uh, heat it up during the week, prayer, fasting, whatever, witnessing, praying for uh, lost friends, you know, whatever, and just being a light in your home, amen, come on, let's keep that flame burning, I want to encourage you young people, amen, to keep putting wood on that fire, amen, how many know God does something great in our lives, but it's up to, up to us to keep the fire burning, amen. So keep the flame burning, keep that fire and passion for the Lord, and uh, so thankful for, uh, you know, we had some young people down front this morning, and how many know that's just going to continue to grow? We're just going to kind of feed into that a little bit more, and, and um, but my, my really, my, uh, my heart has just been, kind of just feel the Lord turning my heart really towards youth again and, and children, and so I feel like uh, it's necessary for a church to pour in resources and put time and energy in the children's ministry. How many believe that? So, so here at the church, we don't just, you know, throw kids downstairs, you know, so they can get out of our hair and they're not making a, a fuss in the meetings. We believe that we're intentionally raising up a godly generation, amen, of kids who love God, who know God, who can hear from God, who, come on, I mean, and, and they're going to, amen, bring, be a light to their generation. So our heart in our church is really for our kids and our, our youth ministry and, um, so we really want to pour our time and effort and money into that, right? Amen. And so we want to do that. But, you know, it's amazing. One of the things that I found is that three times in the Bible, God says this about his covenant. He said that I'm going to be faithful to my covenant for a thousand generations. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? How many of the Lord is into generations? Come on. How many believe God's into generational blessing? Some of, you, some of you know about generational cursing, but how many know God's into generational blessing? Amen. And we believe in generational blessing in this church. And we believe, amen, that the Lord is going to bless, amen, generations from generations till now until the end of time. God is going to bless them. How many believe that? Amen. So I believe that. I believe that there is a blessing on our children because of your life. Amen. Because you got saved and you got baptized and you're following Jesus. There's a blessing on your children. 
Now, they may not always act Christian, but there's a blessing on your children. How many believe that? Amen. And so, um, you know, one of the things that's amazing is that as an older generation, someone that now I'm kind of in the middle of that generation, how many know I've got to reach back to the younger generation? And they've got to reach out to the older generation. But if I'm not reaching back, they can't step up and we can't move forward. How many believe that? Amen. We need each other and we've got to work together as generations. It's not just one generation getting blessed and going into the promised land. God's design is that multiple, multiple layers of generations will be serving the Lord at the same time. Amen. Amen. Not just like every 40 years, God does this amazing revival and then they die out and then God has to do it all over again. No, it's multiple layers. Amen. Together, serving together. Right. So in this church, we're not just inviting the teens to the party. We're going to seat at the table. Amen. That's why you see kids, you know, young people and teenagers here on the stage leading worship and the media and other parts of the ministry here because we don't believe in just inviting them to the party. We believe in, in giving them a seat at the table. Amen. And so we believe God wants to use this generation. Amen. How many want to see this generation on fire for God? Amen. I mean, not just, not just behaving themselves. Not just staying out of trouble, but on fire for God. Like burning with a zeal to go to missions at a young age. Burning to hear from God at a young age. Burning, amen, to preach the gospel at a young age. Amen. So we believe that with all our heart that God is in a generational blessing. Amen. And so I want to encourage you and say this, about, even about the church, is that we're not just believe that you know, the youth are the church of tomorrow. We believe that youth are church of today. Amen. And I'm so thankful for youth ministry and youth leaders and children's ministry uh, directors that they don't just babysit kids, right? They don't just police teenagers. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? Thankful for Brother Michael, Sister Ashley, the youth leaders and, and the children's ministry workers. Amen. Right? Why? Because if you babysit kids, you're going to get babies. But if you lead kids, you're going to get leaders. Amen. How many believe that? Amen. And so one of the things we want you to encourage you as parents is don't just leave money behind, leave a mission behind. Amen. Don't just leave valuables behind, leave values behind. Amen. Don't just say, oh, well, you need to walk in my shadow. No, you need to walk in my footsteps. Amen. So we're after generational blessing in this church. Amen. Amen. And so I don't know about you, but I'm feeling a stirring, amen, of the Lord, amen, to pour out a spirit on kids and teenagers like never before in this church, amen. And so we're going to really commit ourselves and dedicate ourselves to reaching the next generation, amen. I mean, no, it's not about my generation. That's important, right? That's important. I believe my generation is my responsibility. Your generation is your responsibility. How many believe in that? couple people, that's great. Amen. I believe in that. I believe in even reaching the next generation. But here's what the, the Lord is into. He's into reaching multiple generations. Layers and layers of generations serving the Lord together. Amen. Amen. And so when Paul encouraged Timothy, he said, look, I see a faith that's in you, but it was first in your mom. And then it was, but it was in her mom first. And then he mentions another generation. There's four generations of faith that was being handed down. Amen. So we're not just passing down, okay, you need to behave and, 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 and valuables to our kids. We're handing down values. We're handing down mission to our kids in this church. Amen. All right. Amen. 
So I want to encourage you today. And so I've been really just stirred up about that. The Bible says in Psalms 145 that one generation will praise your name or praise your works from the next. Amen. Meaning that parents are teaching their children the ways of the Lord in so much so that it impacts not just their, their current generation, but the generations to come. Amen. How many want to see your great, great grandchildren? Well, you're not that old. You won't be around. Sorry. How many want that, right? You won't see that. Sorry. Some of you won't see great, great. If you see your great, great, we'll talk, man, because you're really old. But anyways, but how many want to see it? Man, this thing isn't just for me, right? And in the book of Acts, what did Peter say when he stood up and preached on the unction of the Holy Spirit? He said, the Holy Spirit is not just for you. It's for your children, for your children's children. And then he goes a step further and he goes back into the thousand generation concept. This is thing is for everyone who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we're into that. We're into godliness through generations. And I don't know about you, but when we get ready, and even now, as we're getting ready to transition into that bigger room, and the youth are going to move into the other parts of it, right? And then they're going to have a game room and a lounge, and they're going to do all kinds of stuff. I believe that we're getting ready to step into a new season as a church of a new generational blessing, a new generation of revival, a new generation of God moving in this area. Amen? Well, that's just how I feel. But if you don't feel that way, that's all right. But you can come along for the ride. Amen. And, you know, I don't know about you, but if a parent, are you dragging your kids? Do you find yourself just dragging your kids or are you leading your kids? Amen. Some parents, you could be pushing your kids. Are you pushing your kids or are you leading your kids? I don't know about you, but we need to lead our kids. And how many know if you want your kids to be on fire for God, you got to be on fire for God. Man, everybody started, everybody in this area was shouting. Nobody back there. Anyway, how many know if you want your kids on fire, you got to be on fire for God. Amen. Amen. How many know if they're not, and if they're not on fire for Jesus, they're going to be on fire for something else. Amen. So we got to say, man, we got to be on fire for the Lord. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, I want my kids to be on fire for God. Amen. So guess what? I'm going to be on fire for God. I'm going to be fired up. I'm going to be full of faith and power in my generation. Amen. 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 So that's just a few things that were on my heart today. Amen. See, one of the things I read recently, and I love this quote, it said that entertained youth become consumers. Empowered youth become producers. And we want to empower our kids. We don't want, we've never been in this church. I love the spirit of this house, always been for 50 years. It's never to put kids aside, never to put kids on, the, they're never a side issue. Just keep them busy, just give them cookies and just do little, you know, games with the teenagers and do little putt-putt and everything. No, expose them to the presence of God at a young age. Get them on fire. Get them into the word. Amen. Living the life. Winning the loss. Amen. Guess what? Because then you're going to have a godly generation. You're not going to be trying to push kids into church when they're 19. Oh, oh, you're almost an adult. You're almost out of the house. Now I need to do something about you walking with God. Amen. So this, in this church, we want to raise them from their young. How many know the devil wants to raise, get after kids when they're young, right? That's what he wants to do. We see that in our generation right now. Why do you think that's, why, why do you think right now the devil's going after four or five-year-olds? Why? You know, well, that's a new thing. No, that's nothing new. That's just a, something we're seeing for the first time or at least again, right? Again, amen. How many know the devil came after the children in Moses' day? He came after the children in Jesus' day. He came after the children in Josiah's day. Amen. But God had an answer, Amen. And it's called generational blessing. And um, 
that was for free. Anyways, amen. In 2 Peter chapter 1, I just want to talk to you this morning about faith. Amen. I just really stirred up about young people, and, and, and I just feel the Lord uh, kind of speaking, I, almost like Jacob, to redig some wells. <laughs> amen. I, I feel the Lord whispering. I'm just being honest, you know. 22 years, my wife and I were youth pastors of this church. What a, what a privilege. What a blessing. Um, wasn't all smooth. Wasn't all peanut butter and jelly. But, amen, it was the Lord. It was good. And we've just been feeling some rumblings again. We've been feeling some stirrings again to go back to some maybe some old words and dreams, amen, and visions about what God wants to do with the young people in this church. And uh, so get ready, get ready, get ready, amen. We're going to see more kids on the stage. We're going to see, amen, more kids in the media ministry. We're going to see more kids in, amen, other parts of the ministry. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about what the Lord wants to do. So let's just get into this this morning. I want to share... Just for a few minutes in 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 5 and 9 reading out of the NIV, if that's all right. Amen. Just want to encourage you today and just strengthen your faith. Last couple sermons we've talked a little bit about encouragement and, and faith. Amen. In 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 5 and 9, he says this in the NIV. For this very reason, and he, talk, he was talking about what Jesus had done and, and all that we have in God. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance add godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities increasing in the increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Verse 5 says, add to your faith. I just want to preach for a few moments called, in addition to faith. Father, we just thank you for your word. Thank you for this opportunity we have to come together as the body of Christ and as, as people just coming together. Some are visiting today, and we just pray that they would feel your love, feel your presence, and uh, we pray that from the youngest to the oldest, we would be encouraged in our faith, that you would build us up, Lord, that we would be encouraged by your word today so that we can be strengthened, mature, and do the work of the Lord in our lives. And we just pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Verse 5, add to your faith. In addition to your faith. How many believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? In addition to that, he said, add some things to your faith. It's great that you believe, but the Bible makes it clear that believing isn't just enough. That's a good start. That's the where you, you begin at. You believe that Jesus is Lord. You believe that he is God manifested in the flesh. Come on, right? Do we believe that? But how I many know believing isn't enough? You have to add to your faith. There's something going on in our hearts that, yes, we believe in God, but then from then on, amen, when we're saved, is what 1 Second Peter is saying here, is that we are adding to that salvation experience or that initial faith. In addition with or in addition to your faith, he gives seven qualities here, and I'm not going to name them all, and you can, we could preach a whole message. In fact, that'd be a great series to do, but amen. I just want to focus on this addition to your faith. Add to your faith. Verse 8 says, if you intentionally grow in these things, if you intentionally 
If you, first of all, have these things in your life, and then second of all, if you intentionally keep going and growing in these things. How many know faith is about growing in the Lord? Faith isn't just about being stuck at, uh, I'm there, yeah, I believe in God, but, right? It's about growing in your faith. Christianity is not a religion of mediocrity. Amen. It is an active, growing, living, thriving relationship with God Almighty. How many have a relationship with God? Amen. Through through Jesus. Amen. That's what he's saying. And so what we have to believe is that's important and what we believe is important. But what's even more important than that is who we believe. How many know it's important what you believe, but it's important who you believe in? And that's what makes Christianity so impactful, is that we don't just believe in certain things, and there's creeds and those things, and there's principles, but it's because of who we believe in. Amen? Which makes our faith active, which makes our faith living, which makes our faith powerful. Amen? In Jesus Christ, and that's what it's all about. Not that we just believe in some type of religious figure, amen, some kind of symbolism of Christianity, but we believe in who Christianity is all about in Christ Himself, amen. How many believe it's in Christ alone, in faith alone, in Jesus that gives us our faith, amen? And so some principles of faith that we can talk about that would go along through the scriptures and so good about adding to your faith or, or in addition to your faith would be faith in action. How many know James says that having faith is good, but if there's no corresponding actions, it's dead. It's just dead. Amen? I don't know about you, but how many have ever gone through a phase where you, you've had some dead faith? You believe, but there was no action there. Right? Come on, some of the marriages, you've kind of gone through some rocky times because you had a lot of words, but there wasn't a whole lot of uh, actions there. <laughs> Amen, right? And so you've got to have faith and action. Is that correct, right? And then there's faith and obedience. Okay. Jesus said, how can you call me Lord and do not the things I say? How can you say you believe in me and not do my teachings? If you believe in me, Jesus said, you will do my teachings. Is that right? So how many know that's faith and obedience? So what? Faith and action, right? Faith and obedience. And today I just want to share with you one more. Faith and trust. How many know it's one thing to believe in God. It's another thing to trust God. Let me say it one more time. It's one thing to believe in God. It's another thing to trust God. God. How many trust God in this room today? How many trust God? I don't mean like I, I believe in God, I believe. No, you trust Him. Why? Because he's trustworthy. He's been faithful. He's been kind. He's been long-suffering. He's been patient. He's been everything I've ever needed is in Jesus Christ. He hasn't let me down one time. All his promises in Jesus Christ are what? Yay, and, they, and I say they are amen. Amen. So my faith and is not just I believe, but I trust. Amen. I want to talk to you today about faith and trust. And I believe it's important that you put your faith and trust in the Lord. Someone said, well, it's kind of the same thing. Well, it can be the same thing, but one powers the other one. Amen. And one, amen, you can have faith and say, I do believe in God and yet not trust the Lord that everything's going to work out or that you're going to trust God to do his word. How many know you need to trust in God if you're going to do his word? The reason that I do this word, the reason that I live out what's in the, the teachings of the Bible is because I trust the teachings of the Bible. A couple of Christians, that's amazing. I trust the teachings of the Bible. 
I don't trust the teachings of any other religion. I trust the teachings of the Bible. I don't trust myself to figure out how life's supposed to work. I trust in what God says life is all about. Anybody in the room? Amen. I trust in the Lord. You know, and I often read the chapter, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, what we call the heroes of faith. And it talks about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and Noah and all the heroes of what we call our faith. Is that correct? How many have read that? And these are people that what? Put their trust in the Lord. They didn't just have faith in him. They put their faith and trust in the Lord. How many of it takes it faith and trust when God says, amen, build an ark and it hasn't rained ever and it's going to flood the earth. How many know it takes faith and trust to do that? Amen, right? So I, I love the, those scriptures about faith. But you know, I also see Hebrews chapter 11 this way. I also see it as not only did those people put their trust in the Lord, but God put his trust in those people. Come on. How many know God wants to trust you with money? God wants to trust you with with people. God wants to trust you with your children. God wants to trust you with a good job. God wants to trust you with a lot of things. Come on, somebody. Can God trust you with the gifts of the Spirit? Are you going to turn it into a praise ceremony for you? Or, or come on, are you going to look say, hey, look at my works? No. God wants to trust you. How many know God invests in you because he trusts in us? And we want to say, God, you can trust me. And listen, you can bring problems my way because you can trust me with trouble. I'm not going to run from you. I'm not going to hide uh, from this thing. I'm not going to turn and go towards the world. And I'm not going to get in deep, dark depression that I forget who the Lord is. And I turn my back on God. Amen. But God, you're going to trust me with trouble. Can anybody lift their hand to heaven and say, God, thank you for trusting me with some trouble lately. That was hard, wasn't it? You trusted me, Lord. You, this sickness has come in my life not for my destruction, but for the glory of God. And you put this on me and you brought it into my life. Or you didn't put it on me, but you brought this into my life and you allowed this thing to happen because, God, you're going to trust me to believe you beyond this situation and this circumstance. It's trust and faith in the Lord. Do we trust the Lord? Amen. See, faith is for now. Trust is for the future. You need to get that. Faith is for now. Trust is for the future. You need them both. Amen. See, trust with no faith becomes too passive. People who only, they have trust, well, I trust, I trust, I, I, you know, I trust God, yeah, I trust God. They don't do anything. They cross their fingers and they hope for the best. Well, I trust it's going to work out. I just hope it's going to work out. Well, I just, you know, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I prayed, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, you know, that's not faith and trust. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, you, you can say you trust, but you're crossing your fingers and you're hoping for the best. And really when people have trust with no faith, really there's nothing in them to fight the good fight of faith. There's no strength in them. There's no energy for the now. They can't get up on their feet and fight now. They say, well, you know what? I'll just get through this. I'll just let this thing, you know, uh, go through my emotions or whatever and go through. My... I'm not going to fight for this. I, I really, I'm just, you know, God's going to work it out. Who, who knows? Maybe this God brought this on me to punish me. You know, whatever. I'll just, how many know you need a energy to fight the good fight of faith right now? And you've got to have trust and faith to go through what God allows to, uh, in our lives. Amen. Right? So faith is for now and trust is for the future. Amen. 
And so when people have trust with no faith, they easily cave in. They become offended at every little thing. They faint. They get weary, the Bible says. As we talked a couple weeks ago about people that just get weary in well-doing. They get weary in their faith. They give up. Come on, they just give up quickly. And as Jesus said, they, a little test comes, and the next thing you know, they give up. They just give up, right? And how many know we're not of those that give up quickly? I mean, we're, we got bulldog faith. That's who we are in Christ. We've got bulldog tenacity. I'm hanging on to this thing, and, and I'm going to get through this thing, and God's going to show up. God's going to provide. God's going to bring a breakthrough. I'm going to see the miracle, amen, because I'm trusting and believing in Jesus. Amen. Right? And so a lot of these people, they don't have active faith, and they don't have this active ingredient of faith, and so they don't talk uh, of faith, and they don't believe, and they don't think this way. And so uh, when you talk to them, it's a little depressing. They may trust, but let's cross our fingers and hope for the best. How I many know we need faith and trust? Amen? And so if there's, there's people that have faith, but no trust, now think about this, faith is for now, trust is for the future, then they tend to live in an unrealistic world or this, uh, they don't live in reality. They kind of live in a little bubble. And so uh, people that have, they have all this great faith, but they really aren't trusting the Lord. What happens is you live in denial. You don't want to face the facts. You don't want to face the truth. It got quiet in here. Amen. Well, I don't want to say that because then I'll bring a curse on my... No, that's not, that's not it. We're having faith and trust in the Lord. Amen. And they don't live in that reality. And they also say, uh, I've already confessed it and prayed it. And I, uh, I'm speaking positive and, and I'm speaking destiny. I'm speaking things into existence. But here's what happens. When something bad happens or if the prayers don't get answered, somehow all of a sudden they cave in and they crash and burn. And the next thing you know, I'm out of here. Bitter, they're resentful, they get hurt. Come on. And so, why? They just like, God has to meet me now. If God doesn't meet me now, then I'm out of here. How many know there's things that we put up in our culture that we don't put up with God? We allow things to go on in culture we put up with. And then, yet, when it comes to the Lord, well, God, if you don't meet my need, I'm out of here. If you don't work things out the way I want you to, I'm out of here. Amen. If the word is too hard for me to hear, I'm out of here. But yet we'll put up with a lot of things in our culture and our jobs and our life. We'll, I mean, we'll, we'll go through a lot of trash, but if God does something small, we're out of here. How I many know you need faith and trust in the Lord? You need to be like Job. Though God slays me, slay me, yet will I trust him. Amen. Because I have faith for now. Amen. But I also have trust for the future. Amen. And so that's what faith and trust are. And I love that about God, God's teaching. And, you know, people that believe that have faith that no trust, they believe that nothing ever bad will happen to them. They don't think God ever brings trouble into their life and allows things to happen in their life. They don't see pain as, as God's purpose or, or, or God using that in a positive way. They don't see their brokenness as being something that God can use. How I many know God uses our brokenness? Amen. I mean, I mean, I mean, if you want to get olive oil, you've got to crush an olive. And God uses that in our lives. Amen. Right? And so we have to have that faith and trust in the Lord. And that's why we need both. We need faith and trust. Because faith is active, trust is directional. Faith is something that says, I do believe God, and even if God doesn't work it out right now or never ha- I'm still gonna trust the Lord. Come on, I, I see some, some older saints shaking their head because you've been through some things. 
Amen. I said it last week or a couple weeks ago. I don't want anybody that hasn't had troubles praying for me. I don't want anybody that hadn't been through a desert experience praying for me because they don't know how to pray. I like people praying for me. They've had some sadness. They've had some pain. They've been through some trials. They've, they've been on the mountain, but they've been in the valley. Amen. I like those kind of people praying for me because they know God's going to get me through this. Amen. And they can pray the, pray of, or the prayers of faith. Amen. And so why? Because it's faith and prayer. So faith is active. Trust is directional. Amen. Faith carries us through the crisis. Trust sees us through the end. So you need faith and trust in the Lord. Faith believes that in every crisis, God is working for us. But trust believes that in every crisis, underneath us is the everlasting arms of God. Amen. 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 In a crisis, faith says, I've, uh, I've got God. Amen. But trust says, amen, God's got me. How many have ever said that? How many have ever said, God's got me? Oh, yeah, God's got this. He's got this. But then there's other times you say, God's got me. <laughs> God's got me. Amen. I mean, he's, he, he's going to get me. Amen. It's like walking on a tightrope, right? So faith is stepping out on that tightrope. Amen. But trust is saying that even if I fall, there's a net below. God's going to save me. God's going to preserve me. God's going to keep me. Amen. Isn't it easy to walk on the tightrope when there's a safety net? Yeah, probably. A little better. I've never done it. I'm not. That's crazy. But that's the way it is in life sometimes. You step out on that tightrope by faith and then trust says it's all right because God's got me still. Amen. Let me just give you an example here and, and just talk about uh, something and campers and, uh, that came from, went to Virginia. You'll, you'll hear this very familiar passage of scripture, Daniel chapter 3. You, uh, as uh, one of the services I know, I think it was the last service, talked about Daniel chapter 3. And uh, right, everybody's like, yeah, you got all these notes on it. How many, how many teens got notes on that, right? Teenagers went to camp, you took notes on it. All right, awesome. Come up here and share your notes. No, we're not going to have you do that. No, we're not going to have you do that. Amen. But it, Daniel chapter 3 and I heard this on, uh, I was listening to the sermon at, the, uh, at camp, and something struck a chord in, in this story. In Daniel chapter 3, right? Turn there, click there, in verse 17 and verse 18. Now, backstory for those who know, I'm not going to go into the whole thing. And there was, uh, Israel was taken into captivity, and during that time in uh, Babylon, and, and during that time, uh, there was people like Daniel and some others, and, and uh, um, God, godly people, godly men. And uh, one of the things that you see all throughout the story is making a stand for God, and they talked about that at camp, just really standing bold for our faith, not compromising. How many know that's important, especially in our day, in our generation? Not compromising in your faith. And one of the things that happened is King Nebuchadnezzar built this huge statue, he said, look, I'm going to have all these instruments. When you hear the music, bow down and worship because it's about worshiping me and, and the statue. And I want everybody to worship me. And then there was three uh, uh, four people, really, but three Hebrew children that did not bow. And so uh, he goes, okay, I, I understand you're not going to bow and you're, you're not going to do this, right? And they're like, that's right. That's right, we're not going to bow. And so he said, I'm going to give you one more chance. Okay, hit it, guys. One, two, three. Boom. When the music plays, you bow down. Guess what? They didn't bow down. They didn't, we're not bowing down, right? So that was the story. We're not going to bend. We're not going to break. We're not going to bow, the whole thing. And so one of the things that happened, he said, okay, if you don't bow down to this thing, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. Now, you got to take a picture of this. What kind of king makes this statue, makes every burn? And at the same time, has this huge furnace, like burning on the side. That's kind of weird, isn't it? But I think intentionally, originally, he was like, look, 
just throw them in the fire. Whoever's in the burn. So I believe that this is like this manipulation going on and a lot of what we see in our culture today, a lot of this coercion and everything. But they said, listen, you can burn us, you know, oh, go ahead. I mean, I, we see the fire. And then the Bible says that after the threat, he heated up seven times worse. And he said, you're going to go in the fire. And here's this response. I love this response of faith and trust. In verse 17, this is what the three Hebrew children said to King Nebuchadnezzar. He said this, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from the, your hand, O king. But if not... Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. In other words, we may, we're not going to bow. And if we burn, guess what? If not, God's going to get us. God's going to take care of us. He's going like, to take care of this thing. Come on, somebody, right? He's still going to deliver us. Notice what it says here. It says, but, but if not. Those are the key words. There's faith and trust. But if not. So we're not going to do that, and, and God's going to deliver us from the fiery furnace. But if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow. So in other words, we're praying and believing God to deliver us from that fire. But if he doesn't, he's still got our back. He's still going to bring us out. He's still going to deliver us. How many know, amen, instant death is instant glory, amen, with the Lord, right? And then, but if, how many have ever said that? Okay, I'm believing the Lord, but if not, I'm still going to trust the Lord. If it doesn't work out the way I want it to, God, I'm praying for healing in my body. Amen. But if not, I'm still going to witness to other people. I'm still going to lay hands on sick people. I'm still going to tell people about your healing power. Amen. That's faith and trust. Amen. See, God can deliver us, is what they're saying. God can deliver us, but if not, we're still going to worship him because he's got our end and secured. That, our end is secured in him. Not only have we got God, but if not, God has got us. God's got me. <laughs> Amen. I have faith for the now, but if not, I have trust for the future. Is this all right this morning? Faith and trust in the Lord. And so when Peter stood up and st got out of the boat, who was this faith guy, he was the guy that had all his faith, and then f a few minutes later, he sunk to the bottom of the ocean. Guess what? That's faith and trust. God, I I'm going to plan on walking on water, but if not, you've got me by the hand. Amen. Right? I want to walk on water, but if not, we're still getting to the other end. It's faith and trust. Lord, we want to get to the other, but if not, we're still going to go through the storm because we've got faith and trust in the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. We can walk on water in the storm, but if not, we're going to go to the other side. That's what Peter said. Amen. And Paul said it this way. He said, I know God will provide for me, but if not, no matter what state I'm in, I will be content. I'm believing God to meet my needs. I'm believing God to pay my bills. I'm believing God. But if not, I'm still going to work hard. I'm still going to save my money because God's still going to meet my needs. Amen. Right? Amen. And so in addition to your faith this morning, that's what I want to leave with you. In addition to your faith, add to your faith. Don't just say, I believe in God. Amen. Because the Bible says that the devils believe. Big deal. Right? So let there be faith and action. Let there be faith and obedience. And let there be faith and trust. How many can honestly say, I believe in God and I trust him with all my heart. Amen. Is that what you say this morning? I'm intentionally adding to my faith godly qualities and I'm intentionally growing these things constantly in my life. Faith and trust. Can we stand on our feet today? Amen.
How many need a little bit more faith than when you came in? Amen. How many can say, I, I've got a little bit more, amen, faith in the Lord? Trust in the Lord. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what situation. Could be a, a terminal illness and sickness that you've been carrying for a long time. There's something about a sickness that it becomes so burdensome, doesn't it? It becomes so taxing and expensive and, and you just feel like, Lord, I don't know if this is ever going to leave me. But how many know, no matter what, I'm trusting the Lord. I'm trusting the Lord to touch me, to heal me. Amen. That he's the one. Amen. He's my physician. He's, come on, I'm going through some, some, some things right now, some, a lot of uh, anxiety, and I'm going through a lot of issues right now emotionally, and there's problems and everything, but Lord, this isn't going to, I'm not going to cave in. Lord, whether I get through this in a year or a month or a day, Lord, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to trust you. I'm still going to allow your joy to be my strength. I'm still going to allow your peace to fill my mind. Amen. I'm not going to be swallowed up by this circumstance. I'm going to have faith and trust in my God. Amen? 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 Why is it important? And I thought about that. Why is it important to add to my faith? Why isn't it just believing in God enough? Why is that important? I believe it's important because we, if we just believe in God and do nothing else, then I believe there's a good chance that we can believe in God and something else. How I many know you can believe in God and believe in money? But the Bible says that don't put your trust in riches. Don't put your faith in money. Hello. Amen. And we can honestly say, and every probably almost majority of us can say, don't put your faith in government. Don't put your faith in, in this and that in the system of this world. Amen. Don't put your faith in materialism in the houses and lands. Amen. How many know you can have a lot of people believe in God and they also believe in something else? But that's why it's important to add to your faith so that you believe in God and nothing else faith and trust in him alone it's in Christ alone and faith alone and it comes back to our relationship with the Lord doesn't it it comes back to just more than God loving me it's about me loving him it's about me trusting in him with all my heart so that God can trust me with things amen he wants to give me it's about the Lord, amen, doing a work in my heart. When I go through a difficult situation and a crisis situation or a little problem, it's about allowing the Lord to do what he wants, amen, that there, my faith is what? Stronger in him than when I went in the storm, when I went into the problem before. How many know Peter's faith was a little bit stronger because he stepped out of the boat? Amen. His clothes were wet that night, but his faith was stronger. <laughs> Amen. And how many have ever experienced something like that? My clothes are a little wet. Amen. Things didn't work out, but my faith is a little stronger. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Things didn't go according to the, what I was praying, what I was believing God for, but my trust is still in him. That's what's important. Faith will move the hands of God, but trust touches the heart of God. If you can't see God's hands, trust his heart. Amen. I love this scripture in Psalms 3. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and what? He will direct your paths. Faith is for now. Trust is for the future. Father, we just thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for the faith that has been arising and building in this room, not because of an emotional stir or because of me, but because of your word. Your word brings faith. And Lord, there's something about your word that I trust it. I trust in you. I don't just say I, I say that, that I'm just 
crossing my fingers and hope. I trust in you. Lord, I put my whole life on the line, my whole heart right here. I'm all in because I believe and I trust in you. I'm not easily uh, scared. I'm not easily going to run away from situations and circumstance. But Lord, I'm going to hold on like a bulldog with my faith. I'm going to believe you, Lord. No matter what's going on around me in my culture and in society, Lord, I'm still going to trust in you. And Lord, today, I pray that uh, as we just go out of this place, our faith and our trust is going to be stronger and stronger, that we'll be able to lead other people to a relationship, point them in the direction of a healthy, thriving, loving, intimate relationship with God Almighty, that they can put their faith and trust in you, Lord. We give you all the praise and all the glory, and everybody said Amen. amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand today. Thank God. Thank you, Lord.